Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? We sure have. That's why we launched the Bites of Health podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, streaming now. Hi, it's The Reading Book. Today's episode of Reading Book Adventures is sponsored by Scholastic and the second book in the Nat Enough series, Forget Me Nat, by Maria Scriven and Workman Publishing and their beautiful new book, The ABCs of Black History, written by Pushcart Prize-nominated poet Rio Cortez and illustrated by Lauren Summer. Reader, welcome back to Reading Bug Adventures. This week, it's a bonus full-story episode of our Lighthouse Adventure, a trip to the Boston Light Lighthouse in 1890. Reading Bug Adventures is written, performed, and produced by all of us at The Reading Bug, our family-owned independent bookstore. Please consider supporting us in the new year by shopping with us at thereadingbug.com. There, you can choose from millions of books and gifts, board games, recommendations from our staff, or even select a custom care package, handpicked with love by me and the rest of our bookstore staff. You can even choose books from your favorite Reading Bug Adventures episodes at thereadingbug.com adventures. Or sign up every young reader on your shopping list for a perfectly personalized book subscription at readingbugbox.com. Books are selected and delivered each month to match the unique age, interest, and reading level of every subscriber, like only an independent bookstore like ours can do. A big thank you to Resonate Recordings, who does the sound mixing and mastery for every episode of Reading Bug Adventures, and to Zencaster, which we use for remote recording during these challenging times. And of course, a big thanks to our sponsors and to all of you for helping us continue to make this podcast. It takes a lot of time to write and record every episode and every song, and we couldn't do it without your help. A big thank you and hello to our newest patrons, Annie, Ellie, and Sarah from Denver, Errol from Chicago, and Lyra and Vander. You're part of what makes Reading Bug Adventures podcast possible. To become a patron, support our work, and hear your name shouted out on a future episode, please visit patreon.com slash readingbugadventures. Okay, reader, are you ready for another exciting adventure with me and the Reading Bug? Then what are we waiting for? Let's fly. It's time for a Reading Bug Adventure. It's a reading bug adventure, there's lots of fun in store. Just inside our book bag, there's new places to explore. Grab your crayons and paper, and your imaginations too. The reading bug and I can't wait to share our trip with you. Hi, reader. I'm so, so happy you could join us for another exciting adventure today. Have you been reading since our last adventure? Me too. I wonder what the reading bug has been reading, don't you? Her books help determine where we'll be adventuring together, and I just can't wait to find out. Oh, and I brought a rain jacket with me, just like the reading bug asked me to, and one for you too. Here you go. I guess we must be going someplace where it's going to be rainy or wet, right? Where do you think we might be going today? Hi, Lauren. Hi, reader. I'm so glad you made it. Oh, and I see you remember to bring your rain gear. I'm pretty sure we'll need it where we're headed. You know, I have a very special adventure planned for us. I'm sure you do, Reading Bug. We're just wondering where we might be adventuring today. Want to tell us what you've got in store for us? Well, I can't just 
tell you. You'll need to guess. But allow me to shed some light on it for you by reading the titles of some of the books in my book bag. I brought Of Salt and Shore by Annette Schaap, The Storm by Cynthia Ryland, Our Castle by the Sea by Lucy Strain, and... Hmm, Salt and Shore sounds like a book about oceans and seashores. It sure is. And Our Castle by the Sea sounds like it takes place near the ocean, too. But The Storm... I can't figure it out, Reading Bug. I haven't the foggiest idea where we're going. The foggiest idea? Good one, Lauren. Wait, what? Fog? Seashore? Light? These are all clues. And the raincoats, of course. Hmm. Here's one more book for you, Lauren. The Boxcar Children, The Lighthouse Mystery by Gertrude Chandler Warner. Know where we're going now? Raincoats? Fog? Seashores and light houses. We're visiting a lighthouse today, aren't we, Reading Bug? Yes, yes, yes. You guessed it, Lauren. We are going on a lighthouse adventure. That sounds like fun. And it doesn't sound too dangerous either, does it, Reader? Oh, how I'd love to take a tour of a lighthouse and then settle down inside to read a good book while listening to the sounds of the ocean outside. Lauren, it's true that many lighthouses have been converted into museums or cozy bed and breakfast inns. But living in a lighthouse, or even visiting one, can be very dangerous. Lighthouses used to be very important for boat safety and were built all over the world to mark dangerous coastlines and other ocean hazards, shining their lights out to sea to warn ship captains. Each lighthouse requires someone to operate the light, a lighthouse operator, and sometimes their whole family would live in or near the lighthouse despite danger. Lighthouses were targets for lightning during hurricanes and other coastal storms. The oil used to light the beacons sometimes caused fire that destroyed the lighthouses, and giant waves could sweep over the land and destroy everything in sight. Some lighthouses were even attacked by foreign enemies during wartime. Oh, fire, storms, lightning, wind, tidal waves, attacks! That doesn't sound very cozy at all. In fact, it sounds awfully dangerous. A little bit of danger is what makes our adventure so exciting, isn't it, reader? And you are braver than you think. Remember what the Wizard of Oz told the Cowardly Lion. You have plenty of courage, I'm sure. All you need is confidence in yourself. There is no living thing that is not afraid when it faces danger. The true courage is in facing danger when you are afraid. And that kind of courage you have in plenty. I don't know. Reading a good book nestled inside a cozy lighthouse was sounding pretty good. Reader, do you think that we're brave enough for this adventure? You do? Well, then so do I. Let's do it. <laughs> Why don't you tell us a little bit more about where we're going on our lighthouse adventure today, Reading Bug? I'd be happy to. I've been reading lots and lots of books about lighthouses. Like I mentioned, a lighthouse is a tall building that has a light or beacon near the top to shine out to sea, warning ships of nearby danger, a coastline or shallow reef. The lighthouse light usually turns in a circle so that ships can see the flashing light. The first lighthouse ever built was the Pharaoh's Lighthouse which was located on the island of Pharaohs in Egypt, close to where the Nile River meets the Mediterranean Sea. We've been there. Are we heading back to Egypt to see the first lighthouse reading bug? As much as I'd love to visit Egypt again, Lauren, we're not heading back there on this adventure. We're going to stay in the United States and visit the very first lighthouse built in America, the Boston Light. The Boston Light was built on Little Brewster Island in Boston Harbor in 1719. At the time it was built, there were only about 70 lighthouses in the whole world. Now there are more than 18,000 of them. 
Wow, that's a historic lighthouse for sure. It sure is. In 1774, during the American Revolution, the British even took over the Boston Light. But in July of 1775, Massachusetts patriots destroyed the lighthouse to prevent the British from using it for their benefit. Destroyed? Oh no! Are we going to visit the Boston Light during the American Revolution then? No, we don't need to go that far back to visit the Boston Light, because it was rebuilt in 1783, and it is still standing today. You can visit it if you're ever near Boston Harbor. On today's adventure, though, we're going back in time about 130 years to visit the Boston Light in 1890. That sounds like fun! But before we start our adventure, I think we should stretch out to make sure our bodies are limber and ready for whatever awaits. What a bright idea, Lauren! I have a feeling that we're in for a lot of hard work. I read in Lighthouses for Kids by Catherine House that it was extremely hard work to be a lighthouse keeper or a member of the lighthouse keeper's family in the late 1800s. Keepers worked for 24 hours a day to keep their lamp burning, and they had to keep the windows clean so that sailors could see the light. They were also required to record every detail of every day in logbooks, and frequently had to rescue shipwrecked sailors or vessels in distress. We're definitely going to need to be limber and ready to help the Boston Lights Lighthouse Keeper. Well then, let's all stretch out our arms and legs together, reader. That's it. Go ahead and stand up, unless you're buckled into your car or tucked into your bed, and wiggle your fingers and toes. Are you wiggling? Great! Now, stretch your arms high up over your head. Perfect! Stretch up high, touch the sky, crouch down low and wiggle your toes. Swing your arms from side to side, let's get ready to go. Stretch up high, touch the sky, crouch down low and wiggle your toes. Swing your arms from side to side, now we're ready to go. Oh yeah, thanks for the stretches, Lauren. They really helped. And now, I'm super excited to get started on our lighthouse adventure. Aren't you? I sure am. But before we take off, I hope you remembered to bring some paper and crayons with you, reader. Just like the illustrators of our favorite books, pictures are how we can retell the story of our adventure once we've returned home. With your paper and crayons, you can draw pictures of all the things we see and do today on our adventure. I'll play some music at the end of today's podcast for you to color to. But you can color anything at any time. And if you need a little more time to complete your pictures, just press pause or have a grown-up do it for you. Excellent. This is an adventure that definitely shouldn't be missed. <laughs> Are you ready to get going? I sure am. Are you a reader? Great. Then here we go. Magic book bag, please take us on another flight. Back in time to see the Boston Light. We'd like to learn about the lighthouse on Little Brewster Isle and visit with the keeper and his family for a while. Wow, look at that! The Reading Bug's book bag is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Big enough to fit us all inside. And inside the book bag, there are pictures swirling around and around from all the exciting books about lighthouses the Reading Bug has been reading. I see lots and lots of sea and shore, but I also see all kinds of lighthouses. There are round lighthouses, square lighthouses, and lighthouses that are shaped like cylinders. Some lighthouses look like upside-down ice cream cones and others look like electrical towers. And the lighthouses are painted different colors, too. Many of them are white, but some are painted in dark colors. Most of them have red or white stripes, and all of the lighthouses have bright beacons at the top, shining out to the sea. I see storms and shipwrecks and waves crashing against the lighthouse walls. And 
I see lots and lots of new words floating by like Fresnel, lightboats, virology, stag stations, bosun's chair, and wiki. Wiki? <laughs> I wonder what that funny word means. Maybe we'll find out on our adventure today. Okay, everyone. On the count of three, let's hop into the book bag and be on our way to Boston Harbor. 130 years ago. Are you ready? Okay, then. One, two, three, jump! Let's jump inside our book bag. What will we find there? Imaginations run away. What's in our book bag? Our trusty book bag. What will we learn about today? Oh, look what's happening! Now that we're inside the Reading Bugs Magic book bag, the lights are flashing and the pictures and words are circling all around us. Here we go. Everything below us is quickly fading away, and people on the ground are looking smaller and smaller as we fly higher and higher up into the sky. And look, my watch is counting backwards. That means we're going back in time, just like you said, Reading Bug. In the distance, I see a large body of water. That must be the Atlantic Ocean. And I see a city, too, right at the water's edge, but... It doesn't look like a modern city. There aren't many lights in the buildings, and I don't see any cars on the street. Lauren, reader, look! Straight ahead! It's a brilliant, flashing beam of light, guiding us in for a landing. It's the lighthouse! We're beginning our descent, but it looks pretty foggy down below, and the sea is especially wild, crashing against the rocks of the shore. This could be a dangerous landing. Everyone, hold on tight! We made it! Is everyone okay? I wonder what we've landed on. It's not soft like sand or grass. The ground below us feels like hard rocks. And, uh uh-oh, it looks like the book bag is starting to get wet. Look! We need to get out of here before the bag floods with water. Quickly, everyone, follow me. Where are we, Reading Bug? We're by the ocean, all right. The waves and sea spray are whipping all around us. Good thing we brought the rain gear. But where's the lighthouse? I can't see much of anything in this weather. Look, Lauren, up there. See the flashing light above us? That must be coming from the lighthouse. We made it to the Boston Light. But, Bug, we're really far below it. How will we ever get all the way up there? Look, we landed in a tidal pool, and it seems to be at the bottom of a steep and rocky cliff that juts out into the ocean, way below the top of the lighthouse. You're probably right, Lauren. It is a tidal pool. That means that it's probably low tide right now. Ocean tides are caused by the gravitational pull of the moon. And at low tide, the ocean levels are at their lowest, exposing tide pools, like this one. But that means that this spot will likely be underwater as soon as the tide comes in. Lauren, reader, we're going to have to find a way to get to the top of this cliff before it's too late. Otherwise, we'll need to hop back in the book bag and end our adventure before it even begins. Do you have any ideas? Reading Bug, before we left, didn't you say that lighthouse keepers and sometimes their families lived at their lighthouses? Yes. Well then, what if we call out and see if anyone hears us? Maybe they can rescue us. Great idea, Lauren. Yes, let's all yell loudly together so our voices can rise above the noise of the crashing waves. Are you ready? Help, can anybody hear us? We're down, down here. here! Help us! Look down here! Can anybody hear me? Hello? Hello? Where are you? I can hear you and I'll help you. 
But I need to find you first. We're over here, down below you. We're at the base of the cliffs, near the tidal pools, far beneath the lighthouse. Oh, yes, I can see you now. How did you get down there? Did your shipwreck on the rocks? I don't see any wreckage. No, no, we didn't come here in a ship. It's, well, it's a long story, and we'll be happy to tell you later. But right now, we need your help. We need to get up the cliff to the lighthouse before the tide comes in. Can you help us? Well, there's only one way from where you are. We're going to have to use the bosun's chair. I'll throw it down to you. Hold tight. Did he say blossom chair? No, Lauren, bosun's chair. It's a plank or a piece of heavy canvas that is used to suspend a person from a rope. Oh, you're right, reading bug. Reader, look, the bosun's chair is heading down the rope toward us. It looks like a swing that you might hang from a tree. Here comes the chair. Get in and then make sure you don't fall off and crash into the ocean or the rocks. Fall off the swing? Doesn't the bosun's chair have a seatbelt or harness? Raider, it's really, really windy here, and I can't imagine riding in that flimsy swing all the way up to the lighthouse. Lauren, I'm afraid there's no seatbelt. You're going to need to use your own safety devices. Your hands! Just hold on tight, no matter what. This is really, really scary, but so are the waves crashing around us. I don't think we have a choice but to ride the bosun's chair, do you? Okay, Reader, let's sit together on this plank of wood and hold on tight! Okay, I'm going to start pulling you up now. The chair's rope is on a pulley system, so I should be able to pull you up by myself. Did he say he'd pull us up himself? But he's just a little boy. The pulley should help, but if he lets go of the rope, I'm afraid the chair will fall and send you both crashing into the ocean or the rocks. Crashing? I'm not sure we should. Okay, here we go. Simon, Simon, come help me pull the bosun's chair. Hey, Simon, Simon, where'd you go? Sarah, I need your help, quickly. Come help me with the bosun's chair. I can't pull it up alone. I'm coming. Whoa, here we go. Hold on tight, you're heading way up over the rocks. I'm trying, reading bug. We're holding on tight, but it's hard. It's so cold that my fingers are starting to freeze. And that makes it really hard to hold on. Yikes! This is even harder than I thought. The wind is blowing around us like we're kites on a windy day. And you know what happens to kites when it gets too windy? They crash! Hold on! You're almost halfway there! Halfway? That's all? I feel like we've jumped from a bungee cord in an amusement park. But this isn't amusing at all. And now it's starting to rain? I didn't think things could get any worse, but the rain is making the plank slippery and I'm afraid we're going to slide off. I'm not sure I can hang on much longer. You're doing great. Just keep holding on tight. We need to get you up here before the lightning gets any closer. Dangling high out here, you make a fine target for a lightning strike. Ah, a lightning strike? Reading bug, you said that there might be wind or a storm or lightning on our adventure, but you didn't tell me that Reader and I were going to have to swing in the cold, perched on a plank, and hovering over a rocky ridge in the middle of roaring winds, rain, thunder, and lightning. And with all the movement, I'm starting to get a little motion sick, too. Don't look down, Lauren, but it's even worse down on the rocks where we came from. 
The tide has begun to come in, and waves are crashing up higher over the tide pools. If we'd stayed down there any longer, we would have been swept into the ocean, or crushed into the rocks for sure. You made it! You made it! We made it? Ah, we made it! Raider, Raiding Bug, look! We're at the top of the rope, on solid ground again! Oh, thank goodness! Thank you, thank you, thank you for rescuing us! That was really, really scary! You did great! My family and I have rescued a few shipwrecked sailors off the rocks in the bosun chairs since my father became the lighthouse keeper here. And every one of them was terrified! And you did an excellent job hauling us up! My name is Lauren, and this is the reading bug and our reader friend. We're on an adventure today to visit the Boston Light. Well, Lauren, my name is Bastion, and this is my sister, Sarah. And if you came to see the Boston Light, you're in the right place. But let's get you inside where it's a little drier. Just a second, Bastion. You're adventurers, you say? Well, then, how did you get here? I don't see a boat anywhere, and no one can reach Little Brewster Island without one. Who are you, really? Sarah, Father said I was in charge while he was away. Bastion, you're only ten, and Father told you to carry the oil cans to the lantern room before the storm starts, not to invite strange travelers into the lighthouse. There are still three large cans of oil, and they won't walk up 75 iron stairs by themselves, and besides, you called me over here, don't you remember? Yes, but just to help with the bosun chair, you're only 17 and you're supposed to be cleaning the inside of the lantern room windows. Yeah, but I should be washing the outside of the windows, except Father says that that's not women's work, whatever that means. I've used the rope ladder to reach the lantern room galley and cleaned those windows lots of times before. So what's changed now? It's just that Simon is here now, and Father has a lighthouse apprentice. Bastion, Sarah, it's really starting to pour now. Do you mind if we find some shelter? I assure you, we're harmless. We didn't arrive here by ship, but rather by time travel. You see, we can travel anywhere using the magic of the Reading Bug's book bag, and our imaginations, of course. Time travel? Sarah, that's just like the story I read in one of the books in our lighthouse library, The Clock That Went Backward by Edward Page Mitchell. In that story, two boys discover that their aunt's clock reverses the flow of time when it runs backwards, and the boys have an amazing adventure when they travel back in time to the 16th century Spanish-Anglo War. Are you adventures like that? Oh, pish-posh, Bastion. That was just a silly made-up story. Your head may be stuck in the library books, but we live in the real world and there's no such thing as time travel. Your imagination is getting the better of you again. Now, Lauren, how did you really get here? It's true, Sarah. We used the Reading Bug's book bag to travel here. It takes us to whatever place and time she's been reading about in the books that fill her bag. And she's been reading all about lighthouses lately. I sure have. The Boston Light is located on Little Brewster Island and was first lit in 1716 to help guide ships in and out of Boston Harbor. Thomas Edison's light bulbs are still not widely available, especially not for lighthouses, so this lighthouse must use oil for fuel to create a light that shines out over the sea. Oh no, the oil! I nearly forgot! 
Sebastian, you'd better get the oil up the stairs to the lantern room before Father gets back. Okay, okay. As for you, Bug, I can see you've done your reading. I may not know where you've come from, or how you landed on the rocks of Little Brewster Island, but I'd be happy to teach you more about our family's lighthouse. Follow me. Let's get out of this rain. Gladly. Lead the way, Sarah. Ah, here we are. Come on inside. The Boston Light is a cottage-style lighthouse, which means that our living quarters are built into the base of the lighthouse. See? There is a separate keeper's dwelling on the island, but Father Bastion and I like to stay as close as possible to the beacon, so we decided to live in the lighthouse cottage. We've been living here since my father became the lighthouse keeper six years ago. Look around, reader. I love this little cottage, don't you? It's small, but filled with delicious kitchen smells, several cozy stuffed chairs, and a large round dining table. What a cozy little spot, especially on a rainy and gloomy day like today. And is this a model you're building, Sarah? A model of the Statue of Liberty? Yes. We stay pretty busy taking care of the real lighthouse and the other buildings on the island. But there isn't much to do when we're not working or sleeping. My father's hobby is building model lighthouses. Right now, he's working on the Statue of Liberty. But the Statue of Liberty isn't a lighthouse, is it? It used to be a lighthouse, Lauren. In fact, the Statue of Liberty was the first lighthouse in the United States to be lit with electricity. There was an electric light in the torch and around the statue's feet. But the statue was really difficult to light, expensive to maintain, and its light was too weak to guide the ships that arrived in New York Harbor. So, the Lighthouse Board decommissioned it as a lighthouse in 1902. 1902, but... Oh, look! Books! Reader, Lauren, look! It's an entire trunk filled to the brim with books! There's Seasons with the Seahorses by James Lamont, Jane Eyre by Charlotte Bronte, and Walden by Henry David Thoreau. And there's also Little Women by Louisa May Alcott, Treasure Island by Robert Louis Stevenson, and The Jungle Book by Rudyard Kipling. Ah, yes, that's our lighthouse library bug. The American Seamen's Friends Society and the U.S. Lighthouse Board created these portable lighthouse libraries. Every few months, a boat arrives to swap our current library for a new one. That way, each library makes its way through all the nation's lighthouses. It's about time for us to get a new library, and Bastion is not at all happy about it. Treasure Island is his favorite book, and he's not ready to give it up. I can understand. We love books too, Sarah, but it sounds like they're even more important out here on an isolated island. I forgot that you don't have computers or iPads or smartphones. You don't have video games or podcasts or movies to watch. You don't even have electricity here. Computers? iPads? Smartphones? What what are you talking about? Sarah, what's up the stairs here? Oh, that's the way up to the beacon. I can show you, if you'd like. If Bastion was able to get the fuel up there, he and Simon should be starting on the wicking process any minute. Wicking? What's that? Lauren, even though Ben Franklin discovered electricity when he flew a kite during a thunderstorm in 1752, it took another 127 years before Thomas Edison produced a reliable, long-lasting electric light bulb in 1879. By 1890, only a few lighthouses were using electricity for their beacons, but most still used oil to light their lamps. And like candles, oil needs a wick in order to stay lit. Very good, little bug. Before lighting the wick in the oil, the old burned-out part of the wick needs to be trimmed. 
That's called wicking. Bastion usually gets to be the wicky and trim the wick. Of course, I never do, even though I've seen it done enough times, I sure I could. It's my dream to run this lighthouse one day, but Father wants me to be a librarian. He says only boys can be light keepers. There are female lighthouse keepers, Sarah, and there will be many more. So don't give up on your dream. Sometimes it takes just one person leading the way for others to follow. That's right. Here, Sarah, clap along with me. You can do great things nobody's done before. Be the keeper of dreams. Open up those doors. So keep on shining. Don't give up the fight. You'll lead the way. You'll provide the light. Yes, climb, climb, climb. Be a beacon of light. You're leading the way, shining through the night. So climb, climb, climb to the tower's top. No time to mope. Hold on to that hope. You can do great things nobody's done before. Be the keeper of dreams. Open up those doors. So keep on shining, don't give up the fight, you'll lead the way, you provide the light. Yes, climb, 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 be a beacon of light, you're leading the way, shining through the night. So climb, climb, climb to the tower's top. No time to mope. Hold on to that hope. Hey, look out the window, Lauren. Is that a boat heading toward the island? It's a small boat. What's it doing out here in this choppy water? Let me see. Oh, I'd recognize that boat anywhere. It's my father's dinghy. And that's my father in the dark blue overcoat with the hat rowing the boat. I was beginning to worry he might not make it back before the storm. He's headed for a tiny harbor where he'll be able to moor the boat and walk right into the island. He should be here in no time. I wouldn't want to be anywhere near the ocean with waves like those. If the storm is going to be as bad as they say, the waves are bound to get much, much worse. And Father has lots of practice using his dinghy to get back and forth from the harbor to the island and rescuing shipwrecked sailors. He has to rescue ships that crash? Oh, yeah. That's one of the jobs of the lighthouse keeper. Of course, we hope the light keeps ships off the rocks, but sometimes visibility is so poor and the winds are so bad that ships crash anyway. And when they do, Father goes out to rescue the survivors, no matter who they are. It wouldn't matter if they were criminals, pirates, or escaped prisoners. Lighthouse keepers have a duty to rescue everyone in distress at sea, no matter who they are or where they come from. Gone? Bastion, no, did you look everywhere? Everywhere, yes. I've been searching ever since I left you. I'm certain I left it at the steps of the dock when I heard Lauren and her friends calling from the rocks. But when I returned, there was nothing there. But 
It can't have just disappeared. With the storm coming in, we won't be able to make it back to shore to get more. And without the fuel, we won't be able to keep the lamp lit for all the ships at sea. We have to find it. Lauren, Rita, Readingbug, please help us look. If we can't find enough fuel to keep our lantern lit through the storm, many lives and my father's job as a lighthouse keeper will be in danger. Oh, no. Of course we'll help you look, Sarah. We're pretty good detectives, actually, aren't we, Reader? And this case should be an easy one to solve. We're on an island that no one can get to without a boat, and there's no one here except us. And Simon, remember, Father's Apprentice. He's here, too. Oh, right. And Maximus. Who? Maximus, our dog. I'm sure Maximus didn't take the oil bastion. He's just an old dog who loves to sleep. We also occasionally have visitors on Little Brewster Island, but I don't think I've seen anyone else here today. Well, the good news is that if someone else has taken the oil, we have a very small number of suspects. But why would anyone want to steal your lamp fuel? A very good question, Reading Bug. Reader, who do you think could have taken the oil for the Lighthouse Beacon? And why? While we all sharpen our sleuthing skills and think about this mystery, I'm going to pause our adventure for a brief message about today's sponsor. Don't go anywhere. The Reading Bug and I will be right back in just one minute. Are you looking for a podcast that your whole family can enjoy that asks the deep philosophical questions like, do trees fart? If you are, then you'll love Tumble, a science podcast for kids. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Marshall. Join us as we explore stories of science discovery from butts to animals, dinosaurs, astronomy, and everything in between. You'll love these stories and you'll learn something new. Find and follow Tumble Science Podcast for Kids wherever you get your podcasts or at sciencepodcastforkids.com. Are you looking for a podcast that your whole family can enjoy that asks the deep philosophical questions like, do trees fart? If you are, then you'll love Tumble, a science podcast for kids. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Marshall. Join us as we explore stories of science discovery from butts to animals, dinosaurs, astronomy, and everything in between. You'll love these stories and you'll learn something new. Find and follow Tumble Science Podcast for Kids wherever you get your podcasts or at sciencepodcastforkids.com. Today's episode of Reading Bug Adventures is sponsored by Scholastic and the second book in the Nat Enough series, Forget Me Nat, by Maria Scriven. Please support our sponsor and purchase Nat Enough and Forget Me Nat at thereadingbug.com or your local independent bookstore. Hey, Lauren. Hi, Reading Bug. Uh, what's wrong? You're not sounding like your usual chipper self. In fact, you sound sad. Well, you know, I'm just not feeling like myself lately. I think I need a boost of confidence. Confidence? Reading Bug? You're always super confident. But if you need a boost, I have just the series for you. Nat Enough and Forget Me Nat are two fantastic books about Natalie, a creative girl with a huge imagination who sometimes struggles with her self-confidence. Reading always makes you feel better and you love graphic novels, so I think this might be a really good fit. Lauren, those books are on my to-be-read list. Nat Enough is a New York Times bestseller written by cartoonist Maria Scriven. And the second book, Forget Me Nat, just released recently. And... Did you know that the series is semi-autobiographical? That means that the author pulled inspiration from her own childhood. Yes, the series combines a quirky, relatable humor with a heartfelt, positive message about being true to yourself. And I'm thrilled to recommend it to you and to all of our listeners. Thanks, Lauren. 
What a great idea! I'm going to read the Nat Enough books right now. If you want to read them too, you can purchase Nat Enough and Forget Me Nat by Maria Scriven at thereadingbug.com or your local independent bookstore. Thank you to Scholastic for their continued support. Oh, Reader, you're back! Great, because we've got some really important work to do together. That's right. We have a mystery to solve. The mystery of the missing lighthouse oil. Our friends, Sarah and Bastion, live here on Little Brewster Island in the Boston Harbor, where their father, who's a lighthouse keeper for the Boston Light Lighthouse. But somehow, the oil that fuels the lighthouse beacon has gone missing. And there's a bad storm rolling into the harbor as we speak. If the lighthouse beacon runs out of oil, all the nearby ships will be in danger. That's right. Our lighthouse shines brightly over the waters when it's dark and stormy to warn ships of the nearby rocks. If they can't see our beacon, their ships may come too close to shore and crash in the shallow waters and cliffs. We simply have to find the fuel. And our father will be back any minute. He's just docking his small boat. He'll be furious if he finds that the oil's gone. We're going to need to do some detective work to help solve this mystery, reader. We're on a remote island, so there aren't many suspects. In fact, the only people on this island are us. And my father's apprentice, Simon. He was up cleaning the outside of the lighthouse windows and preparing for the storm when the fuel went missing, though. And we were all together, being hauled up the cliff in your bosun's chair. Bastion, are you sure someone took the fuel? I don't see how anyone could be a suspect, or what anyone's motive could possibly be. Do you think maybe you might have misplaced it, or remembered incorrectly? I... I don't think so. I retraced all my steps. Maybe you already brought it up the stairs and you forgot? I don't think I would have forgotten that. Carrying those heavy cans up the lighthouse stairs is really, really tough. Well, since you haven't checked upstairs yet, maybe that's where we should all begin our search. Besides, we'll need to check how much fuel is left and how long it will last. Follow me. It's a pretty long way up to the top. The lighthouse is about 75 feet tall, so it can be seen by ships from far away. I'm used to this staircase, but it comes as quite a shock to visitors. Because the oil has already been lit, it would be far too hot and bright for any of us to be in the lantern room. So we'll head to the room right underneath it. Keepers call this room the watch room or the service room. It's where we usually keep extra fuel and other supplies. It's also where Father and Simon prepare the lanterns for the night and where Father keeps watch during a storm or when the fog has rolled in. It's also the room where we find the clockwork that makes the lighthouse beacon rotate. Rotate? Oh yes, Lauren. The lighthouse beacon spins around and around. For ships at sea, that makes it look like it's flashing so that it catches their attention. That's right, Reed and Bug. I can take you to see the lantern room tomorrow in the daylight. It's the glassed-in room at the top of the lighthouse tower that houses the burning oil and the Fresnel lens that's used to concentrate the light from the fire to create a strong beam. Fresnel? I've never heard that word before. Fresnel is a funny word, isn't it? The spelling bee would love it. It has a silent S, and it's spelled F-R-E-S-N-E-L. That's right. And Fresnel lenses are not just used in our lighthouse. They're used in lighthouses all over the United States. The Fresnel lens was invented by Augustin Fresnel in 1822. He used his understanding of optics, the science of light, 
to make a lighthouse lens that made the light source shine brighter than it ever had before. Fresnel lenses are comprised of magnifying glasses that are combined with carefully cut pieces of glass and mounted in a metal frame in a way that directs the light from a lamp into one very strong beam. You sure know a lot about lighthouse lights, Sarah. I've done quite a lot of reading, and I ask my father a lot of questions. She sure does. Our lighthouse's Fresnel is a second-order lens. Fresnel lenses are ranked by order. A first-order lens is the largest and most expensive, and a sixth-order lens is the smallest and least expensive. So our second-order lens is a really big lens, which means that our beacon can be seen from miles away. It also means that it's really expensive, so we have to take really good care of it. Lauren, if you want to look at a modern-day Fresnel lens, just take a look at the headlights on an automobile. Most headlights use Fresnel lenses made out of plastic to concentrate the lights so that the headlights can be seen from far away, even in the fog. Headlights on an automobile? I've heard rumors that someone has invented a gasoline-powered vehicle called an automobile in Europe, but I didn't know that they had Fresnel lenses on them. <laughs> here we are, the watch room. It's hot in here. Oh yes, you can really feel the heat from the lantern room just above us in here, can't you? But just as I thought, no fuel. And Sarah, the lamp is running low on oil already. I don't think we have more than an hour left before the beacon goes out. Is there anywhere else we can look? Anywhere the missing fuel might be hidden? Well, outside there's an open platform called the main gallery and another platform outside the lantern room called the lantern gallery. But those platforms are mostly used for cleaning the outside of the watch room and the lantern room windows. Speaking of window cleaning, didn't you say that Simon was up here cleaning windows earlier in the day? Yes. Well then, why is this window so dirty? That's the lookout window and, ugh, you're right, it is dirty. If Simon were up here, he would have cleaned this window too. I cleaned the inside before you three arrived, but the outside hasn't been touched. So Simon wasn't cleaning the lighthouse windows when the fuel went missing? Certainly doesn't appear that way. Reader, Lauren, if Simon wasn't where we thought he was when Bastion's lamp oil went missing, then maybe he's a suspect after all. Has anyone seen Simon recently? I think we need to ask him a few questions. Come to think of it, I haven't seen Simon since early this morning when he stopped by the cottage, but, but why would he take the oil? That's something we'll need to figure out if we're going to solve this mystery. Hey, look! Is that smoke rising from the top of the house over there? It's hard to see through all the fog, but I'm nearly certain I see gray smoke coming up through that smokestack. Oh, that's our fog signal building, Lauren. Simon and I stoked the fire earlier for the steam foghorn, so we'll begin hearing its sound any minute. The foghorn is another alert for the ships at sea. Sometimes the fog is so thick that the lights get difficult to see, so the sound from the foghorn warns them that they are getting close to land. It's really loud, but it takes some time to build up enough steam pressure to sound the horn. So, even if we can't find the oil, sailors will still be able to hear the foghorn? Hopefully, yes. That's a relief, but... Bastion, you said you stoked the fire with Simon. 
Oh, yes, just before I went to get the oil and a few minutes before I heard you yelling. That was the last time I saw him. It sounds like it was the last time anyone saw him. But Bastion, the Fox Signal building is behind us. You can't see it out of the watch window. You what? It's that way. The building in front of us is the Keeper's Cottage. But you said your family lives in the lighthouse and not in the Keeper's Cottage, Sarah. That's right. Readingbug, no one lives in the Keeper's Cottage. No one? Well, then who lit the fire that's making that smoke? Sarah, do, do, do you think it's the lighthouse ghost? Ghost? What do you mean, ghost? Oh, well, before my father became the lighthouse keeper for the Boston Light, we heard stories that the original keeper, a man named George Worthy Lake, still haunts the island. But I'm sure those are just stories. Remember what I told you, Bastion? There's no such things as ghosts. Then what's that? What's what, Bastion? Oh, reader, look. In the window of the keeper's cottage, I can see something white and glowing. But... What is it? I can't see very well through all the rain and fog. It's the ghost! Don't be silly, Bastion. Lauren, reader, reading bug, Bastion. We have to find the oil. The lantern is almost out of fuel and will stop burning in just a few minutes. That's right. And we know that none of us took the oil. We were too busy being rescued from the cliffs or doing the rescuing, which means that our prime suspects are Simon, who is supposed to be washing the windows, but hasn't been seen lately, or the ghost of George Worthyley, who appears to be in the keeper's cottage below us. There is no ghost. But our only clue to where the oil might be is the smoke coming out of that chimney. We have to go check it out. Please, follow me. Check it out? But Sarah, the lighthouse ghost is in there. Reader, reading bug, what do you think? Should we go with Sarah to check out the keeper's cottage, even though it might be haunted? It is haunted. I'll keep telling you. Bastion, that's enough of that. We're going to the cottage to find Simon and the oil, and that's that. And we're coming with you. After you saved us, we couldn't possibly let you face danger alone. Okay, okay, then stay close behind me. I'll open the lighthouse door, and we'll all run through the rain to the cottage together. Are you ready? Ready. Ready. Run! We made it. Now, can anyone see inside? Yes, and the white ghost floating in the window is still there. Look, that's it. I'm going back. Bastion, stop. Come back. Sarah, I think he's right. Look, there's something white and bright floating in that window. Reader, can you see it? It's got a roundish shape, and it's swaying gently back and forth. I think we should follow Bastion back to the lighthouse. No, 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 look. That's not a ghost at all. Look carefully. Someone hung a white cloth over a lantern. It's swaying because the door is slightly open and the wind from the storm is blowing it to and fro. Oh, oh, yes, I see it. Just a lantern. Phew, that's a relief. But was someone trying to make it look like a ghost? I don't know, but look just past the lantern. It's the missing oil. Come on. We're running out of time. We need to get it and bring it back up to the lighthouse light. 
Come with me, please. I'm, I'm gonna need your help to carry it. We did it, Reader. We found the oil. We sure did, but we still don't know what it's doing out here in the Keeper's Cottage, or who took it in the first place. I don't think we've solved the mystery just yet. Help me pick up the oil. We'll need to carry it back together. Not so fast. Oh, Simon, there you are. We didn't know where you'd gone. Can you help me carry this oil back to the lighthouse? The lantern is almost burned out. I'm sorry, Sarah, but I can't help you. You're not going anywhere. Not going anywhere? What What do you mean? I mean, I took the oil in the first place and hid it in here. Then I lit the fireplace and hung the lantern in the window to trick you into coming here alone. And now I'm going to lock you inside while I make my escape. The only one going anywhere tonight is me and your bug friend. Me? Yes, you. I had to hastily throw together this plan. But bug... Don't you see? It was all about you. What do you mean it was all about the reading bug? We've never even met you. (laughs) You may not know me, but I know you. As soon as I saw you come up the bosun's chair and heard this little bug talking, I knew exactly who you were. I'm confused. You're the talking ladybug who starred in the Barnum and Bailey Circus but gave up fame and fortune, and you disappeared. I did star in the circus with P.T. Barnum on one of our adventures. Yes, and I'm sure that P.T. Barnum would pay a pretty penny to get you back into his show. So that's where I'm taking you. Back to the circus, where I'll get my reward. No, you can't. Simon, don't do this, please. If we don't get the oil to the lantern... Many ships will be in danger in the storm tonight. Yes, I'm sorry about that, but I plan to escape under the cover of darkness. I never wanted to be a lighthouse keeper in the first place. And once P.T. Barnum pays me for his superstar bug, I'll never have to be one again. Come on, bug. Come with me, or else I'll take all of you. And I can't be blamed if any of you were to fall overboard. Lauren, reader, Sarah, let me go with him. I'll find a way to get back to you, I promise. But I can't put you in danger. But Reading Bug, we... I'll be fine, I promise. You just find a way to get out of here and get help for me, okay? Come on, Bug, I don't have all day. Okay, fine, here I come. Great. Then, as for the rest of you, you can wait out this storm from inside the Keeper's Cottage. I'm locking the door. Don't even think of trying to come after me. No, no! How how could Simon do something like this? He's locked us all inside. We'll never get the oil back to light the lamp now. I've let everyone down. Sarah, you haven't let anyone down. We're going to get through this and save the reading bug. We have to! What about Bastion? What about him? Well, he's not with us. Maybe we can get him to let us out. But how? The storm is too loud. He's never going to hear us calling. Unless... Unless? Yes. Unless we called him without using any sound. Without using sound? Sarah, that doesn't make any sense. We'll use Morse code, Lauren. Morse code? 
What's that? Morse code is an alphabet that uses dots, dashes, and spaces to represent each letter. People often use light to communicate messages in Morse code. For ships at sea, Morse code messages are transmitted by radio, and my whole family can understand a message sent in Morse code. That's wonderful, Sarah. Let's send a message to Bastion right away. Tell him that Simon has the reading bug and that we're trapped in the keeper's cottage. Oh, well, that's, that's a long message in Morse code, Lauren. I've got something simpler in mind. Here, try this. Take the lantern from the window and hold the sheet in front of it. Great. Now, remove the sheet for a second, allowing the light to shine through the window, then quickly cover it again. When I say dot, show the light very briefly. And when I say dash, show it a little longer before covering. Ready? I, I think so. Okay, then. Dot. 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 Dash. 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 Dot. 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 Great! That's Morse code? It sure is. But what does it mean? Dot, dot, dot is the code for the letter S. And dash, dash, dash is the code for the letter O. So we spelled S-O-S? S-O-S? That's right, S-O-S. It's the International Morse Code Distress Signal. It's easy to send, easy to receive, and easy to interpret. Keep flashing those lights until Bastion sees it. He'll definitely know what it means. Do you remember the code reader? Right. Dot, dot, dot. The code for S. Dash, dash, dash. The code for O. Dot, dot, dot. The code for S again. Great! Sarah, Sarah, what are you doing in here? The lighthouse light is almost out. And Bastion, why is all the oil in the keeper's cottage? You found the oil, Sarah. But what happened? I saw your distress signal through the window and came as fast as I could. And on the way, I found Father, too. Father, Bastion, Simon was the one who hid the oil and locked us in here. Simon? Hello, sir. Uh, Yes, uh, my name is Lauren, and this is my reader friend. And it seems your lighthouse apprentice was more interested in getting rich by stealing our friend the reading bug than he was in his being an apprentice lightkeeper. Lauren, reader, it's nice to meet you. Thank you for helping keep my dear Sarah safe. My name is Willard Emerson, and I am the lighthouse keeper here. We've heard all about you, sir, but I'm afraid we're running out of time. Simon has taken our friend, and the lantern in your lighthouse will go dark any second leaving all the ships at sea in danger during the storm. You're right. We'll need to act quickly. I hired Simon. I should be the one to confront him. I'll race toward the dock and see if I can stop him and rescue your friend. Bastion, I'm going to need your help. Of course, Father. But Father, what about the lighthouse? Sarah, I need you to attend to the lighthouse. Me? But you said that I should stick to women's work. I know what I said, Sarah. And I'm sorry. I only wanted to keep you safe. You are the very best apprentice keeper I have ever worked with. You study hard, work hard, and show a passion for this work that I certainly never saw in Simon. Other women have become lighthouse keepers, and you will light the way for more women still by following in their footsteps. There is nothing that you cannot do once you put your mind to it. And if this is what you want to do, then you have my support.
You can do great things nobody's done before. Be the keeper of dreams. Open up those doors. So keep on shining. Don't give up the fight. You'll lead the way. You'll provide the light. Yes, climb, climb, climb. Be a beacon of light. You're leading the way, shining through the night. So climb, climb, climb to the tower's top. No time to mope. Hold on to that hope. You can do great things nobody's done before. Be the keeper of dreams. Open up those doors. So keep on shining, don't give up the fight. You'll lead the way, you provide the light. Yes, climb, 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 be a beacon of light. You're leading the way, shining through the night. So climb, climb, climb to the tower's top. No time to mope. Hold on to that hope. Now, quickly, go. I won't let you down, Father. Lauren, reader, help me get this oil to the lighthouse and up the stairs. Hurry! Oh no, look! The light is already dimming. We have to hurry. After we get the oil upstairs and into the oil well for the lantern, I'll need to log everything that's happened today into our lighthouse logbook. Since I'm the apprentice now, what a tear that will be! That should take me several hours to log, but with the storm, I won't be sleeping much anyway. I'll need to keep a watch on the beacon, wind the clockwork to get the light spinning, check on the foghorn, oh my! Sarah, you'll be brilliant in your new role as lighthouse apprentice. A shining light! Here we are. Lauren, reader, set your oil down there in the corner. We'll be using it later on tonight. I'll need to carefully pour mine into this hole, which leads into the reservoir that lights the lantern. Oh, my hands are shaking. I've seen Father and Bastion and Simon do this so many times, but I've never actually done it myself. You've got this, Sarah. We believe in you, don't we, reader? There you go. You're doing it. Great work. And look. It's working already. The light is getting brighter and brighter, shining out into the stormy night to warn all the nearby ships. Sarah, you've saved the day. All the work you've done to study and learn to be a lighthouse keeper's apprentice really paid off when you had the chance to do the job. Well, I couldn't have done it without all your help. Or the reading bugs. I sure hope she's okay. She is! We got her back from Simon just before he was able to sail away with her on his boat. Thanks for the daring rescue. Hey, Lauren, Reader, Sarah, looks like you've got this lighthouse working well again. Great job! It's a good thing we found Simon when we did. I don't think he or the reading bug here would have made it to shore with those storm waves crashing the way they are. But where is Simon? 
We locked him in the keeper's cottage. Just until the storm passes and the authorities can come on shore to sort out this mess. Sarah, you and your friends have done an expert job in here. You'll make a terrific apprentice. I only wish I'd made you an apprentice sooner. Well, Father, I still have a lot of work to do tonight, taking care of the lantern through the storm. But you're right. I am an excellent apprentice. <laughs> Say, Lauren, Rita, Reading Bug, would you like to stay to watch how I operate the lighthouse through tonight's storm? Oh, Sarah, we'd love to join you, but now that we've helped you solve the mystery of the missing oil, we need to head back to our family and friends. I understand. Of course. Thank you for all your help and encouragement. Of course. And good luck in your new Lightkeeper apprenticeship. Goodbye, Lauren. Goodbye, Reader. Goodbye, Reading Bug. Please visit again. You're welcome back anytime. Goodbye. Thank you. Now, everybody, it's time to be on our way. On my count, three jumps, then into the book bag with me. One jump, two jumps, three jumps, and we're in. We've had a big adventure within our book bag, and I think we saved the day. We'll see you next time. Goodbye, book bag. Now it's time to fly away. We're zipping out across the ocean and back into the future. Reader, look! That was a real scare, but thankfully we were able to find the oil and keep the lighthouse's beacon lit through the storm. And how exciting that Sarah was able to become her father's apprentice. You know, history is full of female light keepers. I wonder if maybe some of them followed Sarah's example. I'm sure they did. Remember, when you do something no one has done before, you set an example for others to follow. A beacon for other ships. Exactly right, Reading Bug. What an amazing adventure. I learned so much. Thank you, Reading Bug. Of course. If you want to learn more about lighthouses, you can read any of the books in my book bag. A complete list can be found at thereadingbug.com slash adventures. Thanks for all your help today, Reader. We couldn't have done it without you. Hey, we're back. You're right. We're back home after a long day and after having successfully solved a mystery. Great work, everybody. When you're a reader, you're a leader. You're ready to learn about everything as you grow. You'll show this world that you can be anything. You could write a book or fly a plane, build a house with a giant crane. Whatever you do, one thing will be true. There's nothing you can't do. You can see it through just by being you. Cause you're a reader, you're a leader You're ready to learn about everything As you grow, you'll show This world that you can be anything You could sing your way into a Broadway show Don't let anyone tell you no Whatever you do, one thing will be true There's nothing you can't do You can make your dreams come true Just by being you Thank you for adventuring with us today, reader. It's time for me and the reading bug to go now, but we can't wait to see you on our next reading bug adventure. Bye-bye. Bye. It's a reading bug adventure. There's lots of fun in store. 
Just inside our book bag, there's new places to explore. Grab your crayons and paper, and your imaginations too. The reading bug and I can't wait to share our trip with you. Today's episode of Reading Bug Adventures is sponsored by Workman Publishing and their new book, The ABCs of Black History. This rhyming nonfiction book is beautifully illustrated by Lauren Summer and written by Pushcart Prize-nominated poet Rio Cortez. It's a really, really special book, Lauren. It teaches the ABCs, of course, so it's great for even the littlest readers. And it is full of detailed information about the people, places, and events mentioned in the text. So it's great for big readers, too. I agree, Reading Bug, and I'm thrilled to recommend it to our listeners. It would make a great gift for someone special on your nice list. It sure would. The rhyming text is beautifully poetic, and the illustrations are vibrant, exciting, and fun. It's a joy to read, and it's full of some really important history that everyone should learn more about. This is the first alphabet picture book dedicated to the subject. It's a story of big ideas, hope, and love. It sure is, and I definitely recommend it. You can purchase The ABCs of Black History by Rio Cortez at thereadingbug.com or your local independent bookstore. Thanks to Workman Publishing for their support. And thanks to all of our individual sponsors as well. If you're interested in becoming a patron, please visit our page at patreon.com. Thank you for listening to Reading Bug Adventures. I'm Lauren Savage, and today's adventure was an original story written by Diane and Brandon Savage. This episode was performed by me, Chloe, and Brandon Savage, and by Julie Beckham, Declan Polly, and Ryan Polly. Original music was written and performed by me. Sound mixing and mastery is by Resonate Recordings. The Reading Bug is our family-owned independent bookstore in California, and we're passionate about educating, entertaining, and engaging children of all ages. Learn more about us at thereadingbug.com and our personalized subscription service at readingbugbox.com. Thank you. Get ready for a thrilling adventure with Culture Kids Podcast. Join us as we ignite curiosity, broaden horizons, and inspire empathy through culture, traditions, and interviews from people all over the world while having a blast with your whole family. We cover different topics like different greetings around the world and K-pop, Texas barbecue, and even Pokemon. And that's Culture Kids Podcast, wherever you get your podcast. For over six years, The Past and the Curious has been winning fans, sharing stories of real people from the past, and making people smile. I'm Mick Sullivan, author of I See Lincoln's Underpants, which is a book about, well, famous people's underwear. You'll find all of those stories and much, much more in the 100-plus episodes of The Past and the Curious that are currently available. Find it in all the usual podcast places. The Past and the Curious with Mick Sullivan. That's me.